Healthcare Environmental Podcast. Jeff Johnson here, Lisa Murphy over there. Hello, Lisa Murphy. Hello, it's nice to be back. And we're sitting here live on Zoom again. Um, we're going to get into a, into a topic. I have no idea where it's going to go. One of our participants here, Heather, is at a horrible, rotten, no good, very bad day. And we're going to talk about it, break it down. I'm sure we can commiserate and, uh, and see where it goes there. But before we get into that, I have a, a Operation Mountain Goat uh, update. This is uh, something I've, I've, I've talked to. At least I don't know if you know about this. I've, I've talked I don't, to- don't. Uh, I've been absent. I've, I've been talked absent. to uh, um, uh, in episodes with uh, Kristen about it and i think sam about it um this this falls under the doing uh doing the scary thing category so uh months back now as, as this episode will be released uh i had this idea of this thing that i never thought that we could actually do by, by we i mean tasha and i and and i mentioned it to her and she's like Let's oh yeah we could do that and then within 24 hours we decided we were going to do that and um this is still, it's a, it's a work in progress here. And I, I mentioned to Sam a few weeks after I mentioned it to Chris, Kristen that uh, that was going to be about a, a nine month process. And it, that's that's not a biological thing. There's I was going to say, hold on, yeah. man. There's only a couple of things nine months be. Yeah, yeah. That's, that just happens to be the way it works out. That's just a logistics thing. That's that, I mean, um, as far as we know. And, um, and then the other thing is we have recently, uh, another step forward that we've taken is we've come up with a name um, because there's well, well, Operation Mountain Goat doesn't, ev- it, it's not just thing specific. There's a phys- physical, there's a noun involved. And we came up with a name for the, the noun that will be part of the finished product. You're stealing my goats? What? You're stealing my goats? Well, I, I mean, if you wanted to give me that goat, I mean, that would that would fit nice with uh, with what we're doing. But no, Operation Mountain Goat is just the working name for the the project, and and uh, and so I'll I'll be I'll be talking more about this more. But there, it's been, I mean, it's like a thing that we're working on almost That's daily. It? You're not going to tell us what it is. I can't yet. Um, Boy, Jesus, Jeff. Yeah, I know. That's what that's I'm about ready to close my laptop. Yeah, I was but- waiting for the some big announcement yeah well there there will be one eventually it'll be sometime in the in the spring probably may um and and it's gonna i mean it's gonna it's gonna be delightful and we're having a lot of fun with it but but there's a lot of work and it's still kind of a scary thing but but life is is more fun when you do the scary thing because once we get past all the scary part part it's gonna it's gonna be delightful we we suspect um so heather tell us about your hobo rotten no good very bad day well, I wish it was just a day, but oh. unfortunately <laughs> it's just, it's just the start of our school year. Oh. Um, I don't know. You, I, I've told you about my, my teacher who doesn't understand play. And I've told you about my, I don't know. I'm just, I'm feeling very frustrated with them. It so, was much easier when I was in the classroom and I was director, but I was only director like part-time because I was in the classroom. Cause then I could just enjoy my class and, and kind of not see all the things they weren't doing and I could ignore it. It's much so, harder so now that I'm not. You're, you're in a position now you can't put those blinders of your classroom on and you have to deal with the, the wider scope of things. So how many, how many days into the new school year are you? Two. Uh, we st- no, I'm <laughs> yeah, just kidding. No, no. Right. we started right. on, we started on August 16th. So we've been, so in you've been back now a couple yeah. weeks. Yeah. And, and if, if, if you had to identify a common denominator of what the frustration was, because I'm guessing there's like 99 of them. Is there a is there a thread throughout that links them together? Uh, yeah, I think it's just 
it's just this idea that people sign up or, you know, you interview and you talk about we're play-based and it's hands-on and you're going to get messy. They're going to get messy. And they all nod and say, yep. And yep. And yep. And then you put them in the classroom and they're just like, Oh, why are you using so much glue? Oh, why? Are, and I, I, I sent out, I, you know, I talked to everybody. I was like, we don't have a scarcity of supplies. You don't have to worry about all the glue being gone or the construction. I mean, I've got teachers doing art on like this big of a piece of paper. I'm like, why you have reams of paper. I don't know why you're giving them this big of a piece of paper. Did, did you ask? I did. And what, what, like, what, I'm, I'm very curious. What was they, the- I think, I think sometimes they think it's cute that they've done this tiny little thing. Stupid Pinterest. (laughs) It's ruining all of our lives. It really is. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I'm, I I started my master's. I started my master's program. So I do feel good in that all the books I'm reading for my, or all the, you know, what the reading I have right now, uh-huh. You know, it reinforces everything I'm telling them, <laughs> finding like-minded um, individuals to then fill all these spots is my new challenge of, uh, and I think that's a challenge and I'm not, mm, sorry, this might come out. I don't want to say rude, but I know in our industry, our profession as a whole right now, it, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Lisa Murphy, we just lost your and audio. Of, yeah. oh, there it's you some are. element of like, I, I I need somebody in that room right now, but then what am I compromising in order to stay in ratio? And and I get that because I've gone on record saying that, like I'd rather be out of ratio and have a, a, a nobody than a warm body. And I also know that right now there's a whole other layer. It's not like you're just compromising, you know, one room out of the nine. It's like, I would be out of ratio and nine rooms out of the nine. If I just said, I'm sorry, you're not cutting the mustard. I'm sorry, you're not cutting the mustard. But then I also wonder sometimes, and this is, and I'll own this, this is easier for me to say from where I am on this side of the Zoom right now. And because of my hands aren't in that pie right now, is that I wonder what would happen if you just let everybody go that wasn't cutting the mustard. Maybe potentially, would we send a message to the people who really were what like, oh, Oh, like I want to hook my, you know, self to that, that wagon, so to speak. Like, do we need to, in some sense, have this horrible two week week where we cut all of the dead weight in order to make room for the people who now believe us when we say that we're 100% play-based? <laughs> and why are you laughing? Because... Well, I mean, that that would be, that would be just fun for me to sit back and watch a program do, but I think the logistics of a program actually doing it would, would ended up at a program that was closed because the next day they wouldn't have any staff and, and they wouldn't be able to operate. And so theoretically, I love it, but in all practicality, it probably. Well, it took us 18 months and I realized that was a while ago, but it took 18 months to spread the word that we were serious about what we said we were putting into practice. And I, I, I claim, oh, I can't claim. That's not what I'm I'm saying. I own the fact that I contributed to the absolutely horrific turnover percentage the first few years that my program was open. 
because I, I, I was just trying, but I wasn't in a pandemic. You know, it, it ended up being an economic crisis in 2009, but, but I, it wasn't like I was dealing with people who just realized, you know, you know, and that's a whole other conversation, but I don't know. I, I think that a lot. I think that sometimes we just aren't in a position for whatever reason to make room for the people that we want to be attracting. But I realize that's not very helpful probably right now, but no, it's I think probably we'll, we'll, very much, uh, it's, it's very much telling you that what you feel in your gut is accurate and correct, but it's not necessarily giving you any real time suggestion, technique or strategy. And so for that, I apologize. But on the other end, I'm gonna say, I know that what you see in your heart and in your head is what needs to happen. And I commend you for as much as you can within your power, staying true to that. Heather, you, you need to vent. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's just so frustrating. I don't, I don't even, I don't even know where to start. Like I just get, I don't know. I just don't even, I guess my biggest thing is I don't even understand why they go into the, the field if they really don't have, I, it, they don't even want to connect with the students. Like they, they stand off to the side they do that very much. I, I realize one of the staff members, she's very much like the yard duty monitor. She just Ooh. kind of stands. Yeah, she's just standing around and she's just, and then yelling directives. And I said, you know, a gentle hand on the shoulder would be a lot more effective because he just ran past you as you yelled, you know, don't do stand or whatever he was doing. And she just looked at me so strange. And then I was in the class with her. Um, I was like observing in there and yeah, she's just, and she's very tall. And so I'm like, do you not realize that you tower over all these children? Like, and you're just walking around. I just, I sat down, I was in the room for less than five minutes and I had just like kids all around and giving me baby dolls to help them dress. And I'm just like, do you not? Was she watching you? Did she yeah. see you? Yeah. They're, well, they all look very panicked when I come in the room. They all look very like. That, that's because, is that, is no that because you walk into the room and, and yell and scream a lot, Heather? Yeah, that's, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. No, and I've told them, I'm like, stop looking like you just, you know, you did something. I said, don't look guilty when I come in the room. If I come in the room, I'm just coming to see how things are going. See if you need help, you know, check in. I said, when I bring tours around, it looks really bad. If you guys look at me, like you just like finished smacking a kid and now you're like, Oh, I got caught. But yeah, I have a, I have a question, an honest question. Do you think potentially, cause I know I made this error. I made an error early in my, I'll say management. Cause although I was the owner, I was never the director. I, I taught, but I had other people doing it. I realized hindsight 2020 and after I started my master's program and I took the administration classes and I was like, oh, look at this. I am the, like, this is my school as to why things were like out of control. Like I, cause I didn't, I made a big assumption that they knew what I expected from them. Yeah. And, and I, I realized I had to be like, I wanted to give everybody the benefit of the doubt that when I said certain things, like everybody knew what that meant. And then I realized like, oh, shoot, um, they don't really know 
what that means. And so they're trying to fill in the blanks or they're doing the opposite of what they were doing because they know I don't want that, but they don't know what I want. So I'm going to go in the extreme other direction. And so I, I realized that I had to be, and I'm not saying in any way that Heather, that you're not doing this. I realized I wasn't, I wasn't being clear in what I really wanted to have happen so that they could actually clarify or check in or question. I, th I think that's true. And I've tried to be more clear in my directives to them and, and be very, you know, my assistant director was like, you need to have another meeting. And I'm like, we, we just had a meeting. It's not even been a month. Like we had, I, I specifically did an all staff meeting when we had our week of setup. And then I did an, a separate meeting for leads and a separate meeting for assistants so that we could go over expectations. I was like, I feel like that seems a little redundant and I didn't want to make everything, you know, these meetings or memos, <laughs> but I don't know. It's just a very, I, I, I just, I'm kind of like, I don't know. I don't know why they're here. Sometimes I'm just kind of like, I feel like you could go get a job at Wendy's and you can, and make, you more can make more money than you're making here. And you know, you do the job, you walk out the door, you're done. You don't have to, I don't probably, know. Maybe that, sorry, Probably Jen, much I'm, less snot and, uh, and, and oh, poop yeah, at right. Wendy's too. I mean, probably. And, and I think there's room for that kind of a candid conversation. Right now, I feel while we're sitting here, um, I'm, I'm thinking about Tom Bedard out of Minnesota who, who says, and I love this quote of his and I've used it so much lately, you have to identify your values before you can reflect on your practice. So we can coach on their practice and techniques and strategies all day long, but if we're not on the same page in regard to our values or the goals or the objectives or the philosophy, you're gonna have 99 programs under, under one roof. And I think that I, I think of that lately as a guardrail and then if, if I'm working at least to get people to articulate what they believe in, like if you, if you're not able to even articulate what you believe in when it comes to programming kids and early childhood or preschool or pre-K or whatever, like, wow. Okay. That then me teaching you about letting them play in the Play-Doh or letting them or squatting down like that. None of that matters at all because you're not even able to articulate what you believe in. So of course your practice is all over the map. Did, did this tall, stoic person that doesn't seem to like children, um, did she, did she give, did she give good interview? Of course she did. Yeah. You know, and well, and they, <laughs> she wanted to be a lead and my daughter was. So she's tall, maybe because she's tall. I don't know. But my daughter was a lead in our youngest class last year. She worked with her over the summer and she was like, no. No, you can't let her be the lead. She was just like, absolutely not. And so I had to have the talk with her that, no, I don't think you're ready to be a lead. I think we're going to go ahead and keep you as an assistant, keep training. And I think she was ultimately relieved because she didn't, it's not like she went, oh, well, I was really looking forward to that. She just kind of like, okay. And um, I'll just keep standing here. Yeah, I'll just keep standing here. Um her, I know her mom comes from elementary. And so I think that mm -hmm. 
I don't know. And I think she's, she, she talks about like, you know, working in a Sunday school. And so I think she just has a very different perspective of what preschool is. And I keep trying to talk to her about, you know, it's a very different mindset than elementary. It's not this just, you know, pouring information. That's that value thing, right? It's, you've got, you, she's in this lane, maybe with elementary Sunday school, kind of a lane and you're over here. So you think you're speaking the same language because it's children, but you're actually, you know, one of you is driving, you know, a, a, a sports car and one of you is driving a Volkswagen bus and you, you got to try and either merge the lanes or realize it's time for you to exit. Yeah. I love that metaphor. Maybe you should try playing to her strength. So, so we know she's tall. Um, you could make her in charge of changing light bulbs, um, dusting the ceiling. Do you have any ceiling fans? Dusting the ceiling fan blades. Um, um, uh, filling the, the bird, filling the bird feeder. Um, well, so that's the other issue. Is so not only are they not great at like the engagement. They're also not just great at like following direction. <laughs> you know, what are they good at? I think I'll follow Jeff's lead here. What what are they? And then Marcy, I did see you want to jump in there. But seriously, have you have you done that work? Like we that we sometimes coach well, teachers. So I talk to the other teachers, like, well, what you know, what because I'm like everybody freezes up when I come in. So but then when I talk to the teachers, like, oh no, she's great. She's great. So I'm like, well, what is at this? what? Yeah, what does she do? What to, you know, and nobody can, I think, because so she's, she's not great. She's a warm body. I think she's a warm body she's in the keeping space. Keeping us in ratio. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, what Dan Hodgins would have said about this is, you find that thing they're good, at, they're 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 good at this. That kid is really good at throwing stuff, um, and so I mean, if you can find something like that for her, but it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like there's something, doesn't sound like there's something there. But That's- maybe we haven't done our due diligence to find out what it is, right? Just as much as I would push a teacher if they talked like this about a child, there's room for us as the adults to realize that sometimes we're really good at providing space for the children that we don't necessarily provide for our colleagues or employees, right? So have I really paid attention have I not even paid attention have I ever really set the stage to where I have as the boss the organic opportunity to figure out or identify or observe their passions what they're good at what do they do when they're not here like where are the backdoor hooks that I might be able to tap into and 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 I'm not looking for you to like answer that but I'm just saying and, and uh, it sounds like this about, one uh, uh, during her off hour, she just probably stands around her apartment watching Netflix or something. Cats, you know, yeah. I don't know. Maybe she's friends with Miss Debbie. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as, as we've been talking, I've seen a lot of heads nodding with uh, with stuff Heather shared. Anybody else got anything they want to jump in with? Sounds like a, it seems Marcy like other does. people are dealing with this. What do you got, Marcy? I just wondered two things. Um, one is, does she or do they, these these teachers, really understand what's developmentally appropriate for the age group they're working with and do they need some some um lessons or education on on that alone i mean maybe that would help them understand that why they need these kids really need to get their hands in there in the play-doh or in the sand or in the slime and and work with it because that's what's developmentally appropriate for that age 
Um, so maybe some guidance in that way. I mean, if especially this woman who's, you know, you think maybe more geared toward elementary just because that's what, what her exposure's been. Um, and then the other thing is, are there teachers at your school that are doing it the right way? And can these assistants or other people float around to these different classrooms and see what you're talking about? Like, this is a really good example of a teacher who lets them use glue, like, like there's enough glue in the building <laughs> and, and gives them big pieces of paper so they can you know, really be creative. Are there people who, who that's possible for them to float around in your school so they can see it? Just, just ideas. I also think that we're sometimes occasionally guilty of not being direct enough. And Marcy, specifically to your comment about saying DAP, because that's a whole other 90 minute conversation with the publication of the new crappy book, but that's a whole other thing for later. The reason why I think a lot of people who are, mm, I'm 52, so let's say 49 and older, the reason why we loved the original DAP book from 1987 was because it said, do this, don't do that. And it wasn't that we needed to be told that like we were stupid. It was, it was so clear as to this is developmentally appropriate and this is not. It was very cut and dry, very direct, not a lot of extra language. And I think that sometimes one of the things that our, our profession is, it, it makes us great and it makes us weak at the same time is that we're nice. We're nice, we're loving, we're caring. And sometimes we use, a, we use, and I'll make it realistic. We use 25 words to say what only needs four. Don't do that anymore. Done. But we get off on that. Well, you know, sometimes when people come from up, okay, five, okay. I wasn't sure if any, any more was one or two, but you get it. <laughs> But we go off on that, like, well, sometimes when we're in these places and sometimes people are down, blah, blah, like, you've already lost me. Like, get, like, you don't need to be a dick about it, but you, you, there is a way to be direct and still be loving about it. Because the intention behind what I'm saying is one of love. So I don't need a thousand words to say, I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate this is the tool that is currently in your tool belt. I'm going to give you some more tools and these tools we're gonna to push to the back while you're, you know, like we're detoxing you. But these are the five tools I'm gonna give you right now and you're not allowed to use those other tools for the next 10 days. And I, and I think there's room for us to revisit why everybody loved a book that at the time was 90 pages that's now 225. That's my Tyrannosaurus Rex. If you don't know that already, it's when I get so frustrated and I want to just grab everything, but my hands can't reach it. So I do my Tyrannosaurus Rex hands. Hey, Carol and Karen, I've seen your heads nodding a lot while this conversation has been going on. Either one of you have anything you want to throw in here? Uh, I wanted to just tell Heather that I appreciate that you exist, first of all, <laughs> and that you're fighting this fight. Because uh, I just walked away from a school that was kind of in a flipped situation where the director would kind of give lip service and say, oh, absolutely, we're play-based, but was not walking the walk. And, you know, 
I, I, during my review, she gave me this glowing review and I'm like, okay, well I quit. So, because, <laughs> but, and, and I empathize with her. I said, you know, I, I understand that you're going to lose half of your staff one way or another. You're either going to lose the half that wants to play teacher, that wants to show the parents what they can make the kids do. You're either going to lose that half or you're going to lose the half of the ones that are actually making connections with kids. And so like, I'm like, this is like the opposite of what I just went through. It's like one way or another, you're going to lose staff. And I told her, I said, well, it's up to you to decide what half you want to lose. That was, you know what? Good on you. Good on you, Carol, for you saying that. You gave me that strength, Lisa Murphy, because I went back and forth a million times. That I remember watching and you said, sometimes it's okay to say this isn't working for me. It's not. And I said, well, if you're not going to stand up for the kids, I will. I'm gone. And that's kind of what it went to, but like to have like know that there are directors like Heather who are like no this is what we should be doing it makes me think that it is like a personal thing like you can talk to your director and say this because there are directors like Heather who are out there advocating like no we're gonna do this the proper way this is play-based and they're wondering where the carols are and Jeff do you remember a thousand years ago where we used to joke about having like a dating site it wasn't a dating site it was like a a matchmaker site for, I'm a director, I'm in Kansas, I realize it's Kansas, but I need three people and I've got the most play-based program Kansas has ever seen in their life. I know people would move, I know, especially right now. Yeah, Carol, Carol, you need to go work for Heather maybe. Have your, like, right, Carol, you sound a little like Long Islandy to me. Where are you from? No, I'm actually from Pennsylvania with allergies. That's my- Oh, oh well, there we go. That's the new hashtag. I'm not from Long Island. I'm from Pennsylvania and I have a runny nose. That's going to be awesome. And not to, not to jump over that because that was kind of funny, but, but seriously, if you are a director listening right now, joining us right now, and you are what you know truly in your heart is a play-based, start being more vocal and interview anybody who comes in the door, seriously. And those of you listening who are like, oh my God, there's nobody who's play-based by me, know that sometimes you might have to move. If you really, if you really in your, and I realize, I mean, you know, I mean, I've moved a thousand times. And if you move because of why you're moving, it's worth all of the hiccup and the headache in order to get there. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to be sad and frustrated and constipated and having migraines all the time. So, okay. Okay. I know how to, I know how to do this. So I'm going to throw this out there for anybody listening. If you are a director and you're looking for, for, for passionate play-based staff, or if you are a passionate, passionate play-based staff person looking for a job, uh, hit me up and we'll record, uh, we'll record a want ad that I'll pop onto, uh, onto episodes. It's like match. Yeah, we'll do yeah. an ECE match.com. Yeah. I will, I will serve as, as in between as, as go between and, and hook anybody that responds up and, uh, and, and that'd be great. We record just a little bit of audio. I can tack onto episodes and, uh, and maybe that's the way we can connect people. I, I totally hey Jeff, that. that would actually be a fun little role play episode we could round up some people and do like a speed dating, but speed interviewing for play base. Like what would be the, the three things you need to know yeah. if you want to work at that spot? 
Yeah, I think that I think that'd be fun. So, uh, so Heather, uh, put together a want ad and get a hold of me. And I'll totally tack it onto some episodes. Um, uh, Heather, one thing that that relates to that I'm worried about. I can hear it in your voice. I can see it on your face. This has really got you stressed out, and that worries me because this profession loses lots of good people because of exactly. We what always lose the good through. ones. And, and I, I don't want, and, and it sounds like Carol agrees with me, don't want to lose you. So in the last two weeks or whatever it's been since you've, you've been open and you're off to a rough start for the school year, have there been any bright spots? Good job, Jeff. Yes, there has been. Um, so they, I finally got them to understand that the children can take their shoes off in the sandbox or actually any time, but yeah. So I've seen lots of, of barefoot kids in the sandbox and people not being freaked out about that. So that's been really good. Um, I'm trying to think, I think there was something else. There was another positive. I'm trying to think. I think, I think what you said, Carol is very true. And I appreciate that. And I think what, what I'm dealing with partially is because I did take over from someone who was very much that director who gave lip service to this program being play-based. And so while she had teachers like myself and a few others who did do more of a play-based program and really tried to integrate I heard her tours. I heard what she was telling parents. And so when they were asking, oh, well, when are they learning to read? And when are they getting the out? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing that. They're doing that. You know, so even though nothing in our brochure says we do any kind of academics, nothing in our handbook says we do any kind of academics, nothing in our teacher handbook says we do. <laughs> she was telling families that this was expect, you know, that they could expect this. So then we were under this pressure then to then we would have that parent then turn around and be like, well, when are you doing this? And then you're trying to point out, well, you know, I'm, we're doing this and we're doing this and we're doing this. And those are all things that are going to lead to that, but you know, not that. And then this is what I wish everybody in our profession who was unfortunately succumbed like, or, 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 uh, having to deal with that, where they were in essence, as the teacher set up to oversell, no, excuse me, under deliver what was oversold, which is not a nice position to put anybody in. Essentially, you are now the scapegoat, right? This director is like, shit, I just got to get 10 more kids enrolled by next Friday. So I'm going to say whatever needs to be said. So I told you that we go outside every day, but I told you that we never go outside if it's under 40 degrees Fahrenheit. And I've told you that we never do art. And I told you we do art on Friday. And I told you that we do art every single day. And now I'm trying to manage 99 sets of expectations which that's why we have a, 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 a huge turnover problem, <laughs> you know? And so one thing leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. Um, and, and unfortunately, so I'm, I'm glad you stayed. I'm glad you rose to the top. Heather, I'm thinking that some of the people who are still around are just trying to learn how to trust you. Yeah, I definitely think that the staff that, so there's not that many staff that are left from that uh, um, yeah, well, she kind of set me up. She put some people into lead positions that really didn't need to be in lead positions. And, you know, were they all tall? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, and, and there's, you know, there's been the teachers that I, I, I first, you know, really butted heads with because she was the teacher that every kid's project looked exactly the same and it was lined up on the bulletin board and it was just making my head hurt. And so I've gotten her to relax and I've gotten her to, I mean, she's not perfect, but she's getting to a place where she can allow the children to do their own things. Um, and, and she, she's really embraced loose parts. She, she, she really loves loose parts. So I, I'm letting her run with loose parts and what her vision of loose parts is. And, um, so it's just a matter of, of, I think getting them to understand the, the shift in, in everything. And, you know, COVID didn't help because obviously it put us all into like, we had to just reset everything to kind of restructure this the program to meet and i think that that actually was a benefit in disguise because it allowed us all to recalibrate as to what have we been saying for the last 10 years that we believed in versus what are we really going to put into practice that we believe in and and do i really believe that the connection and the caring and the relationship piece is important or is that just some kind of hashtag on our brochure and, and Heather, specifically to the loose part comment that you just made, when you see somebody kind of running with it and starting to play with it, like, you know, it's like at that point, I, you could bring in like a combine engine and a, 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 a generator and a blender and a two by four and a machete. And I'll be like, make it happen. Right. Because we can always we can always tone down a good idea, but it's really, really hard to get people to make it bigger or to broaden it, right? So I, I think you're, I'm glad that Jeff asked that question as we're wrapping it up because I, I know that you're doing what you need to be doing. And I appreciate, and I'm grateful that you were willing to share your frustration with us tonight and let us kind of kick it around and, you know, riff on it in real time with you, so, whether so it was helpful or not. <laughs> So Heather, for your for your own well-being, look for those bright spots, the, yeah. the shoes off in the sandbox and the loose parts, because our brains, our brains are wired to pay attention to that negative stuff. That's just that's oh, yeah. just that's part of that. Because we don't want to die. Brain. Right. <laughs> and, and so we have to we have to force ourselves to find those bright spots. Uh, otherwise, we start in this downward spiral spiral of the negative. But the other thing is celebrate those things with the people that are doing them. Um, because that little bit of celebration is going to reinforce that habit. Because what you're really trying to do is get them to change their habits. And so one of the key parts of habit change is that you celebrate um, the, the positive things that you're trying to change. And so when you can celebrate the, the additional loose parts or the shoes off in the sandbox, that's going to reinforce it for those people that, that uh, oh, more of this. And, and the, I mean, it's going to be baby steps, but that might keep moving you in the, in the, in the positive direction. And the other part of this, I think businesses all over the place that are struggling with this staffing issue, because uh, I mean, here locally, we've got restaurants that are, that are open, but closing down because they can't find staff. I, I mean, to, to make this very personal, uh, about a week ago, I, I ordered a pizza and then it didn't show up. And then I got a, a call from the like manager, like, "Hey, delivery driver didn't show up. Sorry." So um, come and get it. And and so it was 
it was very tragic for me because <laughs> I didn't get my my pizza. But I mean, other businesses are doing the dealing with this this too in, in the world we're living in, and that doesn't make it any any easier for you. But I, I think it's just part of the world we're living in. Anybody else have any thoughts or comments before we wrap this one up? Well, I have one, but it's probably going to be a lead into a follow-up session at some point is I want to do a little bit of a deeper dive as to how you celebrate those successes without turning it into behaviorism and Skinner and rewards that make it last only while you're watching. Um, like, I love how you just said, Jeff, seriously, more of this and then walk away. Yep, like more yep. of this. Like, like really, I think I answered my own question without getting into some big philosophical theoretical rant about it because I, I, and I like how you said celebrate. How do we celebrate the fact that we're moving in the right direction without sounding like very Skinner behaviorist rewarding, which I'm guessing 99% of our listeners uh, are not fans of. So how do you keep the ball rolling in the quote unquote right direction without falling into that trap. And I really love more of this, more of this. And of course I would make my hand do that wiggle thing like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't this. do it without the hand movement. It does. You it have to have anything. the hand wiggle. I yeah. want more of this. Yeah. Nice. And yeah. then walk away. I think that's really good because I'm not that kind of person. I'm, I think that's a really good advice in that, you know, just being like more brief in that because I, I tend to be in the love languages where I'm like a very much a gift giver. And so I tend to like do little gifts. I'll like, you know, buy everybody socks or, you know, and, and it doesn't, you know, it's obviously not speaking to a lot of the staff. So I think maybe it is more what you said, Lisa, the direct, like just being very direct and like, I want to. And I'm going to be direct right now about five, six, seven minutes ago, I was like, I need to talk about the love languages. And because it, it works, it's a, the, the man who wrote the book is gonna come and find me because I keep saying this. It's not a, an amazingly well-written book, but the five things that he points out, dude, it, it works. And Jeff and I did an episode, we did an episode, I think we did a series of five on them. I think we unpacked all of them and how much it assisted me, not only with working with my team of employees, but also with my family, how much I didn't even re realize that if I just brought my mother back a keychain or a magnet, she was like, oh, I love you again. And you're like, really? Jesus, it was like three bucks. It was a three buck investment to make you like me again. Holy crap, I'll do this every time I'm at an airport. And you just, because I don't need a magnet, you know, you know, I mean, I know what I need, but I don't, I don't need a magnet. So it's sometimes it's hard to make room for that. So I very much, Heather, will very much, I'm patting my own stuff on the back because I knew what I wanted to say a few minutes ago was right where you were thinking. So I, I'd be like, you need a magnet to love me? Piss off. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's because the, the only reason you're like that is because you don't need a magnet. Yeah, I don't maybe. need a magnet. But I'm not going to think you're a dick because you need a magnet. If, yeah. if you tell me you need a magnet, I will buy you every magnet in the world if, in fact, you're a person that means something to I mean, me. I mean, I could use some socks, but not a magnet. Um, the, now, the Heather's going to send you socks every the, month. The that's book, how it 
the book Tiny Habits is is great from this if you haven't read it. And there's a whole chapter in there about helping. It's it's about it's about changing habits. The book is about uh, uh, B.J. Fogg is the author. He uh, he's a, a professor at Stanford, a researcher. And he he I mean, he he taught the guys who invented Instagram, which is all about habits. Um, but there's a whole chapter in there about changing other people's habits. Or I was just going to say, that. is this about, is this a book you read if you want to change your own habits or yes. if you want to change other people's both, habits? Both, both. But it's a, it's a great book if you're looking at that. Um, this is, this is, um, this is, this is a hard topic. I mean, it's, 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 it's something people struggle with and it's a fight that, Look, 30-ish years, 20 plus years. I, I don't know how long I've been doing this, 30 plus years. It's it's something that's going on constantly. So I I'd I'd like to say there's a, a light at the end of the tunnel, but this is a problem that's gonna go on forever, as far as I know in this profession. I mean Well, it's the it's the getting everybody on the same page conversation. And I think the variable right now, like the real-time variable is with COVID and with a hiring, like kind of like uh, who wants to be working. It's not like you have this wide pool of people to be pulling from that you can be maybe a little bit more precise with as you're choosing to bring people on. And we are in an industry where if you don't have enough people, you're going to get into trouble. So there's other variables that at least people in centers, right? People, family, childcare people, this is one of those areas where you're like, mm, I think we're good. Um, and it's just simply because it's, it's you and maybe the one person that you've vetted 10 years ago and you know that they're like exactly who you've groomed them to be but centers do not necessarily have that same luxury and I think that's just just a reality of it but I I, I think an ongoing conversation in center-based care is how do you get everybody on the same page and without wanting to like oversimplify it I really do think that if you're able to make sure that you all have the same value system Tom Bedard you got to identify your values. And if you're, if you're not able to get on board with that set of values, then you either need to have the wherewithal to be like, eh, this is awesome, but this is not for me. But I think then also administration needs to grow a set of balls and be like, you know what? I know you said during the interview that you believe this, but you've been here now six weeks. And these are actually the behaviors that I've seen, which aren't in line with this value system. So I, I, I don't want to oversimplify it, but I do think that there's a way to make it, to make it better there we go any final thoughts well i said that i said that about 10 minutes ago what do you got angie and i was just thinking if i remember correctly heather had said previously that they don't have mandatory um like professional development courses and stuff like that but if as a director if there was some way to like to like add it into your program and be like at quiet time or somewhere to be like, even to be in a forum like this with Jeff. Oh. So much from all of these people chatting with. And if you could try to bring that in somehow into your program and just as a director, if you can make it mandatory somehow. I, I've, got, I've got a solution. Heather, what you have to do, you have to get yourself a ninja costume. I mean, you might already have one. I mean, most of us do. And then you need to start sneaking into, into these people's houses when they're sleeping and put wireless earbuds 
into their little ear holes and start playing the podcast to them when they're sleeping. And you just go through, you get the nerd podcast, you get some of, uh, of Dad, Dan Hodgins's old podcast, the, the Timbernook Tips podcast, those, those kind of things, all those little bits and pieces. And you just play that to them subliminally when they're sleeping. And then maybe little by little, things will change for them. Um, sure. There or you just a- play it backwards all the time on, on loop as yeah. background music. And it just sounds like nap time music. And yeah, then maybe like- just really, really low piping it into the classrooms. That might be, that might be better than breaking and entering because you, you would probably, I mean, you probably have to have the ninja skills. <laughs> Um, to go with the uh, the ninja costume and and I mean imagine imagine that tall girl waking up in the middle of the night with you sticking an earbud in her ear that would be that would be horrible karate chop you with your her legs yeah so so let's go with the the piping piping stuff just like like Angie suggests piping it into the classroom just just really subliminally really low volume and uh, and maybe maybe it would pick up I think that that's I think that's the solution this has been the child care bar and girl podcast back soon with an episode thanks for listening hey listeners I was gonna go for a run when we got done recording this but I think I might have been overserved so I don't know if I'm going to do that. Back soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.